0: Welcome to 360 Scale, a podcast for A-level entrepreneurs looking to scale their business beyond seven figures. Learn from those that have actually made it in the world of e-commerce with actionable steps you can apply right now. i sick
1: and tired of all the conflicting information. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Canada for Scale 360 Scale podcast. Uh, today we're from Dubai as a background. Um, also those who will be listening on Spotify will see the background, but uh, yeah, so today we have Sufyan who is the co-founder of the Co agency who mainly are responsible for creating a good content that converts. you yeah. know, so I know maybe start from a bit of a background, how you started, how you entered the e-commerce game and why you decided to go to the creators. I mean, because in e-commerce there are many different, uh, Things that you can focus on in terms of scaling, as an example, landing pages, the white greater. And, uh, actually, you are doing really great with the agency. As I did a little bit of background check in a very little amount of time, you managed to scale it quite nice. And we have already, uh, two digit teams, 12 team members. So that's quite nice. So, so yes, yeah, so we'll speak about a bit of a background and then we'll come up with the questions.
2: Yeah, definitely. Firstly, let me just say, I appreciate you guys for inviting me on here. Um, no problem. Yeah, so my story with, I guess, getting into the e-com space was started in 2018, I believe. Um, I had just gotten married at the time and I was in my final year of university. Uh, So naturally, I was working two days a week in a supermarket in London and I was trying to figure out ways that I could, you know, make money online. Um, And I met this guy who was like an Amazon FBA mentor Mm -hmm. and I had a few thousand in savings at the time um so i thought okay let me try and launch a product here and and see what happens uh so i ordered some inventory to the fba warehouse um decided on the product the branding everything but when i look back on it now like at the time i was like an amateur because like i didn't even know about you know simple stuff like amazon ppc and like how the rankings worked and all this sort of stuff and you know we would do like giveaways to try and get up the rankings and these kind of things but like within a few months like I quickly realized my inventory wasn't going to sell. And so I kind of just wrote that off and like liquidated the, the inventory that I had. And then I went back to zero and I thought, okay, now I need to figure out something that's going to be no cost to start up where I can just leverage time or expertise. Um, and I went to a, uh, a Grant Cardone event at the OT. Uh, okay. <laughs> the live event? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It was called the 10 X business bootcamp. That know one. Know. Yeah. And, um, over there, I was just like, okay, let me see if I can secure some lead gen clients at this event. Uh, over there, I met two gym owners, um, uh, both based in the UK. And I thought, okay, let me try and pitch them. Managed to pitch them and I closed them both. So they became my first clients. Um, and I did fairly well. I remember the first money I made. I made 1500 um, from the first client. <laughs> and the next weekend, I booked a room at The Shard. <laughs> it was like seventy percent of what I was getting a retainer, and I just thought, yeah, let me just send it um and then did that for like a few months um well I like quickly lost interest in it because like you know ads to click funnels to like a seven day free trial to a gym is just like very boring and then I started doing email outreach to ecom brands, and this one lady, after like thousands of emails, decided to take a chance on me um and within like four months, that was media buying. Yeah, yeah, just media buying, um, and she would provide us the creatives. Us, by us, I mean me. Um, and within four months, like we we grew her brand pretty rapidly because she had no idea what she was doing with paid ads, but she had a really good brand. Uh, really do easy. you remember the product? Like, well, what was it? Makeup, makeup. say oh, yeah. okay. she,
0: she
1: like,
2: it's really competitive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Back like, in the day, it was a bit easier. On yeah, Facebook. Yeah, that that's true. It was indie makeup as well, so it wasn't just like average stuff. It was more like out there kind of brash kind of makeup, which was good, I guess, because the the ads get a lot more people to stop scrolling. Um and yeah, within four months her brand got acquired and basically from there she referred me within like a month of her acquisition, she referred me to like seven other people. Okay. And those were much bigger brands than hers. Like one of them was like thirty thirty plus million a year. Um they were all UK based? Yeah yeah UK yeah. based okay yeah thankfully they were all UK based at the time. And um, then like overnight, I ha- I went from making like 5K a month to like 18K a month still just by myself. Um, and so the, there was four brands that were in the weight loss space, like detox teas and this kind of thing. And one of them was sending like clothing, um, which had like things like printing on there, embroidery for like companies and this kind of thing. Um, and then from there, I was like, okay, e com is where I can actually make some really real good money. Um, and then fast forward to February last year we started at took Okay, that's so, I mean, we have the
1: same story, just from not cold emails but we started with the cold calls. So it's way yeah. different. Story. So we did cold calls. Actually, we did in Lithuania, so is Lithuania, a bit easier because back in the day, e-commerce was a brand new thing. No, but still knew. new. <laughs> yeah, it's still new. You can actually, like, if any 18-year-old boy or girl watches this, I mean, you can just still do cold calls and make clients. I mean, in the UK, US is a bit different. It's way, way harder to do cold calls because uh, it's just harder. They know that. They they know that. They know the game. Yeah, they know the game, they yeah, know the game yeah. and they yeah. try to avoid it. Um, okay, cool. So. You started ad talk, but before that, you were doing media buying mm-hmm. on Facebook. On Facebook, uh, of course, uh, for media buying, you need creatives. But why you like tr- like transferred your main vision to creatives and stopped doing like mainly focus on media buying?
2: Yeah. So at the time, um, it was just before iOS 14 happened, and we kind of everyone knew that it was going to happen, but yeah. nobody knew like how difficult it was actually going to be. So I just thought, okay, let me carry on doing what I'm doing. Um, and then iOS 14 happened um, and like a lot of our clients just started to drop off because attribution was a problem. Yeah, They couldn't track how much they were spending. They weren't as um, clued up on like attribution as a whole anyway. Um, and then I realized like, okay, now, now we don't have so much control over the data. We have more control over the creatives. So I started to advise some clients on creatives. I even helped one client like arrange a, a shoot where they would like, take scripts that we wrote and, and film them. That was for a Black Friday campaign. And that was the last client that I actually had. And then from there, I was like, okay, let me see you know, what other traffic channels there are that I could potentially leverage. Um, and I reached out to a fast fashion company in the UK and they gave me their TikTok account. Um, and within like a few weeks, we were getting it to spend like 2K a day, um, which is like very sick at the time. Um, so I thought maybe there's some potential here. And I had known my business partner for like two, three years prior to that because we just met in a Facebook group. We'd help each other out with like, you know, media buying and looking at each other's accounts. Uh, And he was also uh, doing the same thing. Like he'd he'd recently taken over a TikTok account. Uh, So we thought, okay, we're both losing our clients on the Facebook side because of IS-14. We don't have... The, the infrastructure or the resources to necessarily build around it at the time. Uh, so we thought, let's try just double down on TikTok. So we leveraged the two case studies that we had uh, and we started to build a presence on Twitter. And that was a time where TikTok was like really a big buzzword in the industry. yeah Like I remember when we went to uh, a conference in Miami last year, like everyone just knew us as the TikTok guys from Twitter, um, which got us a lot of inbound leads and that kind of stuff. Uh, And then we just double down on creatives from there. And it's like difficult when you only have, uh, you guys know this because you guys do full stack now, but it's difficult when you only have insight into one thing for a brand. Like if you just do email, if you just do TikTok, you don't have insight into who's creating the offers, who's doing the pricing, you know, what's the Mm. strategy on the landing page. You're not controlling it at all. Exactly. It's like uh, you can do like the best at
0: creative, but then if the media buyer sucks, then you'll be basically, you know, out of business.
2: Exactly which is kind of what we're starting to figure out now because like we we do really good creatives and we have some clients who have really good media buyers and they get excellent results and some clients who don't have really good media buyers and they don't get the best results. Uh, so now we're starting to like do more media buying and take control over more of the funnel. Uh, we rolled out landing pages as well, so pre-sale pages, list of calls, these kind of things um, to make sure that the angle on the page is congruent with the the angle in the creative because that's a big problem right like if somebody clicks on an ad because the ad says that the product is going to solve their knee pain but then they go to the landing page and there's no mention of the, the same thing that they clicked for yeah you lose the sell pretty much immediately yeah it should be smooth that's what you see right now as well it's like
0: uh it either like be like you know smooth as hell with, with the whole funnel like of all the way from the ad to all the way to like the thank you page or you're just gonna like suffer a lot like i mean it's uh it's it's coming and yeah, the, the whole funnel thing for e com is gonna be a big thing from what i see and
2: there's yeah. some people already been like printing money for the past few years and doing it
0: yeah for sure just because they you know discovered the whole thing pretty early
1: yeah uh, but like tiktok was a really really huge topic in 2022 especially in the first quarters when facebook became really really trash i mean i remember 2022 it was almost a disaster for us in terms of um, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, because we were lacking of attribution. Then, of course, Triple Whale was introduced, but Triple Whale is still, it it doesn't solve 100% completely your problem, you know. Uh, And then TikTok was such a huge topic that everyone thought that every brand could go to the TikTok. But when the quarter four came, Facebook really yeah, 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 I mean, last us with the new improvements with the ACC plus campaign, and actually they started to fix attribution, yeah. and that's that's for sure. I mean, right now we we are killing with Facebook, and now people started to talking. Okay, so let's break down what brands can work on TikTok and what brands cannot work like very good on TikTok. So what do you got? What do you see? Well, like from your experience in terms of TikTok, which brands from which niche from which like AOVs, which cards? Should definitely go straight to the TikTok and only may, maybe even put one hundred percent of their focus there. And which brands try to should try to avoid it and maybe to use TikTok for organic brand awareness growth. You know? Yeah, maybe like just kind
0: of outline like main like let's say three four points of like what should probably. Happen.
1: Yeah, for example, you audit a you audit a lead. You know, the lead comes to your agency. You would make an audit and you see okay, 90 percent that you'll succeed, ninety percent that you'll fail. So what are your like? Uh, you're looking what, at basically. yeah where you're looking at
2: yeah i think the main thing comes down to the novelty of the product like does it solve an actual problem that is very easy to visualize because one thing that you don't get with tiktok that you get with facebook is ad copy right like, yeah so, so the creative does a hundred percent of the talking um and if a, if a product is not novel enough or if it doesn't uh have a good uh mechanism that allows you to describe the physical like transformation so for example like you know, fashion or, or fitness or like shapewear, these kind of things where you can clearly show distinct um distinct transformations using like clever transitions which are very native to TikTok. That always works really well. Uh in the CPG space you have like uh skincare, uh things like lashes, um, hair products as well work really well. Uh, makeup not so much because it's like a very saturated space on TikTok as it is just from organic. Yeah, um, and then big brands are doing it on organic. Exactly. Yeah, like they have millions of followers just, just by way of like the the spillover effect from their existing channels. Yeah. Um. So that's the main thing that I look for. Like when as soon as I see a product, I can tell whether or not it has enough of like a wow factor that the creatives, the hooks will be engaging enough to get people to actually take notice of it. That's why you see, like, when people scale, like, dropshipping stores on TikTok, it's always selling the most weirdest stuff, like, yeah. galaxy projectors or, like, you know, slippers. So, basically, it's, like, with the wow effect that they exactly. have. Exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, so. I like to call this, I mean, I like to call this unique product demonstration. If your product has unique product demonstration... they well, should you'll, be then easy to, su- to demonstrate that in, like, three seconds. Yeah and, you'll, yeah, and you'll be able to do good in any type of social media ads that have video creators. Yeah. I mean, I remember we also had one client who, and also have right now, but we scaled pretty, pretty rapidly and very, very instantly. It's a toy. It's a fidget toy. And we don't need to think like any type of marketing. We just need to film it as we play it. And when you play it, it describes everything. Everybody knows that this is the fidget toy. Everybody knows that this is like, uh, it's really extremely unique. No, nobody see, no, nobody saw that.
0: Yeah, the best like performing out angle we had on that one was like this is the product, and let me show what it
1: does. And then you are <laughs> explaining playing with it. Yeah. So this, like this angle, there are five millions over two years, only mm. one ad. Yeah. And we just take an ad, make new variations with new product designs or whatever. But we kind of, we don't even need to ino- innovate new angles or something because we've tested any many other angles, and it just doesn't work. I mean, for people on social media, e- either it is a TikTok, either it is a Facebook. Still, you need to focus a lot of on extreme product demonstration. And I remember, for example, talking about the lashes. Our friend David Asmikachanis, who back in the time was working on the Sugatan. I don't know if you know him or not. So he was also telling that, also about lashes. He was scaling lashes really rapidly. But all those creators that were scaling to the eight figures, to the nine figures... Where something unique, something that it's called breaking a pattern. You know, you break the pattern by unique video on their newsfeed. And exactly, when you do that, you can do with any type of with any type of product. Yeah, it's
0: actually like a uh, creative is a big part of the product. I mean, if you have like the poor product, you don't have any kind of like. Uh system on how to you know like de- deliver the outcome if you don't have any kind of unique mechanism and all that kind of stuff it's going to be hard
2: exactly you
0: drop, shipper,
1: like, drop shippers are, are like a good testimonial for that i mean yeah, just because as, as hate you hate said them. galaxy galaxy what projector? <laughs> galaxy projector <laughs> yeah. is it trash nobody needs a galaxy projector but yeah. if the creative
2: is good you can still succeed it you know 100 yeah. percent. and i think the creative actually comes from the brand positioning and yeah. the positioning is a real big factor on tiktok because like understanding who the avatar is which is it's a basic thing of like marketing but I think sometimes people lose sight of it because like for example you know one product could be sold to six or seven different avatars and if you can be that one brand that positions that product for just that one avatar then you only make that product let's say for new mums and so your competitor who's selling it to everyone no longer has an edge over you because your product specifically solves that problem you get reviews testimonials from that demographic yeah. and then you position yourself as the expert or you know the best brand for that kind of product uh which is why like calling out your target audience is something that works really well um with creatives on tiktok so yeah you know if you're a new mom here's my life hack these kind of things or um you know that kind of stuff works really well because it comes it comes back to the positioning of the brand
1: it kind of filters out you know filters out the viewers if you call out them straight from the creative uh yeah,
0: yeah, like this guy bad. we met uh, we met yesterday. Like we, we were we were talking, you know, like how he got his brand to like eight figures, and like the one of the main things he said is like you know finding the right angle, you know, standing out from the, your competitors. So taking you know what works in the market. Let's say you have like you know some kind of problem. Let's say sleep. Yeah. Uh, let's say it's sleep, and then you, you're taking, you know, what all like what already works, but then you're positioning that in a different way on the creative level. Hundred. So, so yeah, I mean that's that's what's uh, what's working in 2023. It's been working in 2022. That's that's probably the thing. And of course, you know, retention is going on top uh, if we're a product, uh, and that's going to be big in 2023. But uh, well, yeah, let's continue with um with your stuff. Uh, I know you've worked with like a couple of good brands, like you know, uh, the City Footwear. Uh, space goods uh, you know all those guys so like what you would see let's say let's let's take supplements let's take mushrooms Th- those are a pretty hot topic right now um, where you see like creatives come in when it comes to like uh, presenting the unique mechanism like uh, how you would uh, let's say we have the mushroom uh, supplement how you would take that and how you would you know uh, start the whole thing yeah. that's your you know how your system will look like where you would look at uh, how you would position? You know what type of angles you would put in? You know we can get a bit practical here.
2: Yeah. So so for example, let's take mushrooms. The the success with with the creatives or the creatives that did the best for that brand were number one like education focused because it's a new category. Um, yeah. So uh, you know you you're kind of putting a new spin on something that's already uh, exists, but with an entirely new ingredient that's then going to become the hero of the product. So educating them on. The, the presence of the different mushrooms that are in the blend of the product and what they all do and how they are, you know, potentially beneficial nootropics or for focus or, you know, these kind of things is a really good way to do it. The other thing that worked really well for us was attacking incumbents already in the industry. So, for example, a lot of these mushroom brands like Space Goods and like even their competitors, they all kind of have a unique spin on coffee. So an easy an easy in to, to get an ad to resonate with the customer around there is just to attack coffee like you know what so are they already drink it and here's how you can do better exactly like what are the what are the negative effects of coffee you know jitteriness anxiety these kind of things crashes our product doesn't give you that it's a more sustainable alternative it's not going to give you stomach problems it's not going to cause you to go to the toilet blah 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 um, you know these kind of things work really well for that kind of brand as well um but in terms of like the unique mechanism yeah just explaining the ingredients is the best way because that's where you can really hook people in like if you if they get to the point where they're watching like the third or fourth ingredient they're very very warm lead that's most likely going to buy because they've understood like everything about uh how the product was assembled uh and then you like throw in some some unique things about you know how it tastes and the fact that it doesn't taste disgusting even though like the products are usually associated with that kind of thing like nobody wants to eat mushrooms yeah but you know, if you can make it in, like, a chocolate flavor, well, then yeah, sure. that's something quite unique about that as well. So it's like uh, you take, just because it's mushrooms, it's
0: unique, it's, you know, something new in the market, you just take directly that, mm-hmm. or you direct, like, you know, uh, ingredients, and then you basically start from there. Yeah. So it's, uh, but then, let's say if you are taking, you know, standard supplement, you don't have mushrooms in the ingredient list, let's say it's like, uh, I don't know, for for energy as well, uh, how you would deal with that one? It's like... uh you would focus on the mechanism from the other side, you know, not from ingredients, but then maybe from like how it delivers or maybe build the mechanism yourself or like uh, which path you would take.
2: Yeah, energy is a little bit of a tough one. Um, are you talking like like brands, like for example, Glitch energy drinks, like they make yeah, uh, yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah, um, like not in, like
0: directly in the tropics, but uh, you know, something for focus for energy, something like that.
2: Yeah, I think the, the best way for that is to potentially lean on uh, existing data, existing research. Like leveraging a lot of brands that do do well with like these kind of products that invent almost new categories around uh, pre-existing uh, products and industries. They do well with like leveraging research, um, uh, whether that's like you know leveraging a certain Scientists. case study, uh, a certain you know scientific journal, these kind of things to show you know uh, research where participants took X product versus Y product, or you know X ingredient versus Y ingredient, the outcomes, and then showcasing the presence of those in your product itself is a really good way to do it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a, if there's anything else I would potentially do there.
0: How you would connect like the ad with, uh, you know, where it lands? Like, let's say it's same supplements, but uh, let's say it's like, let's say, let's back, get back to mushrooms, uh, how you would connect those to you? Like, uh, just because we talked uh, before the podcast about, like, you know, how the funnel is with e-com and how it's important in 2023 and going further. Uh, so how you would connect that one? You would do like, uh, you said like, uh, you know, some some research and all that on supplements. So I guess you can go with, you know, the tutorials and all that. But uh, if we are getting a bit more specific, uh, how we can, you know, make sure that our connection between ad and, and you know, the actual landing page is uh, good enough so we can convert?
2: I think number one is just replicating the same angle. So, you know, sometimes you, you might want to just take the same hook that you're using in the ad and make that your headline or or make it relevant to the headline Um, because with the headline, you have more room for text and these kind of things. So you can add, you know, other things like social proof and that into the headline on the actual advertorial or landing page. Um, In my opinion, the best way for a brand to kind of do that, because a lot of the brands we speak to actually don't know what their best performing angle is, which is quite like insane because like, it shows that perhaps they haven't necessarily reverse engineered the positioning of the product properly. To understand what problem it solves best um because like with every brand there will be like 20 percent of the products or 20 percent of the the things that you talk about are going to drive 80 percent of the volume in terms yeah. of sales and revenue and figuring out what that is is a big part of what we have to do when it comes to making creatives um so that's why we only tend to focus on you know best selling products in in the immediate you know onboarding phase of of working with a client because we don't want to try and reinvent the brand selling something that they have dead stock of. Like that is the worst thing to be yeah, doing. That's for sure. Um, but then going back to the landing pages, I think the best way for brands to do at the moment is probably short form uh, listicle pages. Seven reasons why. Yeah, yeah seven reasons, five reasons, ten reasons. Experiment with the number of reasons that you're using. Make sure that the content, again, is reflected of the same format that the user came from. So if they came from like a single image stock photo ad, use that kind of content on the landing page. If they came from a UGC video, you use like different snippets of GIFs from different UGC videos yeah. to illustrate each point. Uh, so whether it's something unique about the product, you know, it has a certain feature that others don't. The content that is to the left of that bullet point on the, on the listicle should reflect the same thing. Yeah. Um, le- yeah, I guess with uh, mushrooms, you can also like outline all the ingredients, like exactly. you said,
0: Exactly, like uh, some ingredients that will make you, you know, like uh, rich or
2: Exactly. And then you can also experiment with the positioning of the reasons as well, because the likelihood of like, you know, what percentage of your traffic is going to scroll to the bottom of your, your listicle is quite low. So making sure that the first thing is the most valuable thing to that audience, whether it's the sustainability, whether it's, uh, you know, something else, making sure that you leverage existing customer data from support tickets, emails, reviews, these kind of things to understand exactly what benefits people derive from the product that matter to them the most. uh, And then leverage that in the positioning of your, your bullet points for your advertorial, for your, for your listicle, sorry, uh, is is the best way to do it. I think.
1: What about listicles? I mean, uh, in TikTok, do they work well? Because listicles for me, I, as I understand, like as we uh, tried a lot of them is usually for a bit younger demographics because if we compare listicles in the tutorials, so the tutorials goes to a bit older demographics because they tend to spend more time in reading and they like that format of, of the landing page. Um, but everybody's talking right now also about TikTok. So when it goes from the creative to the landing page and everybody's talking about creating those emotional TikTok landing pages. Uh, have you ever tried, to, like, have you ever find success in not only like landing them to the product page, but landing them to the specific TikTok made listicles? Uh, or advertorials as well and is there any success
2: yeah 100 percent. i think the best way to do it on tiktok is actually using um tiktok's native feature called instant pages okay because you can build native listicles and what you don't have to worry about there is like uh page load speed or drop rate, because it loads within tiktok itself and then that can act as your pre-sale and then the call to action can either direct them directly to the product page or direct them straight to the cart
1: okay cool that makes sense Okay, but still, I think like the whole information should be short and straight to the point. Yeah. 100 oh, yeah. percent. Yeah.
0: TikTok is like dopamine-based platform. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. they are dead, brain dead, scrolling, and <laughs> looking for the, that next dopamine hit. And uh, whenever, let's say, I had a talk with one guy in Phoenix, and uh, we had a discussion of like how the algorithm built is built on TikTok and how it's different from Instagram. So you can try that yourselves. Uh, let's say whenever you you're on Instagram, let's say you're going for Reels, right? Um, it's like Whenever you change the topic, you, you won't see the drastic change like, you know, probably five, maybe even 10 reels after. It, it might maybe change like, no, like 15, 20 reels after. Uh, in TikTok, uh, at the same time, it's like whenever you change the topic, let's say you're scrolling docs and you change like to cats, like, you know, a few weeks, a few, week, uh, few, few like uh, TikToks after, you instantly change like the whole algorithm. Oh, well, 100%. And they're too dynamic they are snappy they are you know like always on on top of the with the hooks and you know like uh making all those dopamine hits so like the their average uh, time spent on platform is huge people are spending you know hours a day just on tiktok um they're getting hooked uh so it's, it's hard them uh, for them to leave the platform
2: yeah like you so. can you can train the tiktok algorithm to serve you the content that you want just by like but like, if you, if you are an uh, 18 to like 24 year old man, I've experimented with this a few times creating uh, new TikTok accounts. Yeah. The first thing you will see as soon as you open a fresh TikTok account is just women. Yeah, for, for TikToks and TikToks, and t- you just see women. And what I started to do was like, okay, let me see if I can get, get out of this group of audience. Yeah. So you just scroll past them fast and leave yourself with zero watch time on all of them. And you come back to the app later and they'll all be gone. Like it will be something else that yeah. will be serving you. So it's a lot more sensitive to the user behavior. Um, and I guess the like algorithm when it comes to watch time on certain videos is just so clever to make sure that you're just completely hooked. Yeah. And that's a good thing when you're working with clients. Let's say
0: you have a big account, you want to scale it, you want to you know, move the needle. You can technically open up a TikTok account. You can, you know uh, based on all the research that you've made, you understand your audience and all that you went in TikTok and then you basically scroll based on your target audience. Exactly. So things they are looking for, things they like, things they, they, they wanna watch, you scroll based on that and then you come by, you know, every day. And then you learn how they think, how they behave
1: and all that. Yeah. On TikTok as well, I mean, the very important part, know I don't know how it will be developed because right now, as I know, there's like a spark ads where you can do with the creators, you know, ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like, and, but when you create an ad, you write yourself a a page. It's not like Facebook, you know. You connect your already existing page. No, you just write up your page with a profile picture. And for example, if they see an ad and they scroll past, they're not able and turn off the app. They're not able to get back to that ad. But what is really important in TikTok is comment section. I mean, for uh, I did a bit of a research, especially in in my uh, group of friends of girls. When they look TikTok, they always press comment section below because they say that it is even a better part of the TikTok because there's like random discussions, even a testimonials, credibility. So I think the ultimate thing on TikTok will be when people will be able to create such a creative. So I would suggest to do Spark ads because Spark ads can be used as a post, you know, and uh, basically uh, just... Full, fill that comment section below with a lot of credibility. I think that because everybody's getting comments, and especially girls, especially girls. Yeah, for sure. Comment section is big on TikTok. Yeah, people are are looking at
0: it
2: as you know as a separate
0: platform more or less.
2: Yeah, you can actually use it to engineer controversy as well if you if you do it the right way. But what you said about like the types of ads that you run on TikTok, there's a lot of like potentially gray hat strategies that you can use with that as well. Like because you can literally make up the page on the spot. That's true. So, like, some people... Like, let's say, for example, uh, you know, you want to you wanna use a big celebrity's face on, on the thing. You just take a picture of them, name the page Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, whatever. Yeah. Run the ad from that profile. And, you know, I've seen people ha- have success with that. Um, there's so many variations of spark posts you can do as well because, like, you know, advertorials and, like, third-party publishing is big on Facebook but not so much on TikTok. Yeah. So, like, if you sell a skincare product Um, you could make a a custom identity on tiktok called skincare reviews and then position it as like this third party credibility that your product is getting being reviewed by some other page that is an expert in the category uh, which is another good way of doing as well yeah and then uh, the big thing i see as well is like uh, switching
0: traffic from tiktok to instagram as well So it's like uh, TikTok, they they probably discovered the whole thing. Like that's the discovery of the product, you know, just because they typically scroll through For You page. So the influencer, they see the page, they see it's the first time. Uh, And then uh, whenever they switch to, let's say, Instagram, so they they follow uh, that product, you know, from TikTok to Instagram, that's the time when they switch to, you know, being more consistent with the following. Just because Instagram is more like for communities, for people that want to... You know uh keep, keep in touch with the whole thing yeah so so yeah i guess it's uh even like call to actions it could be like you know follow on twitter you know be, be this be that so so yeah but um overall looking at the getting back a bit out to creatives uh and getting back to system just because i i hear a lot of people talking about like how to craft it. you see uh you should be looking at i don't know like. uh Billow app or you should be looking at like agencies or you should be dealing that in-house like what's your take on ugc how to create a uh, best performing ugc and uh and overall how to make the process move and the uh, delivery quick uh, and uh and overall like uh delivery uh worth time basically
2: yeah i think the biggest thing is just having a, a big enough pool of potential creators because like before we even launched ad talk we knew that creators were going to be a massive bottleneck so we went ahead of time before we even signed a single client and we had already built our network of creators to around 300 or 400 people. Uh, because like categories are so dependent on the type of creator and like that's gonna affect how the ad resonates and all this sort of thing. So making sure you have access to a big enough pool of creators and making sure that you have access to a system that will uh, you know, onboard new creators for you fast. So like for example, if we onboard a brand and let's say we don't have the creators for that specific uh, market within our database already. Within two days, we can have 10 to 20 options for a brand just from... Yeah,
0: I saw like guys doing that on Twitter directly. And uh, it's like even profiles right now from creators that are creating UGC content and they promote it themselves and then they work with those brands. And then, you know, like they, they sell themselves on Twitter. Yeah. So, but like what's your what's your system to get those creators? Like where you look for them? Like what's your, you know, take on that?
2: So, there's three places that we will look. It depends on the type of creator we're going for. So, if you want older creators, we'll go to backstage.com, which is a place where you can just put, like, casting calls for. Usually, you'll get, like, actors and voice actors and this kind of thing. That's a good place to find older people. They're really good. I mean, they're professional. One thing is that a lot of brand
1: owners I had experience with, they try to avoid actors because they say... That they do not understand yeah, yeah. the the social media thing we need to look for the influencers, micro inf- micro influencers because they know the, the they know the drill they know the game but still it's all about the script that you write you know if you well, like, produce what's the what's the other two you want to we want to say
2: the other two sources yeah yeah uh create a marketplace on TikTok. yeah which is basically like their partner program for creators for people who want to make money advertising products so they kind of come into it with the intent of being open to that possibility already Uh, And you can, they have good filtering on their system as well, where you can search by, uh, you know, location, uh, gender, categories of content. So if you want somebody who makes beauty videos, you just filter by the beauty category and you'll find someone. Um, And then the last one is uh, TikTok Organic. Um, So like, let's say you want uh, a fitness creator, just search for hashtags related to fitness. This, This one's a little bit more tricky because usually the best ranking videos will be from the people who have the most followers and the most views inherently will be the most expensive um but you can find some like more niche hashtags around a specific category uh, and find some good creators through that as well and then we kind of funnel all of those three things into uh one single type form which yeah. then links back through zapier to our creator database and then from there in the in the form we get all the information we will ever need from that creator what's the main what what's the main thing you were looking at at that type for uh we just want to extract as much information as possible because one thing that we found is mm-hmm. like the more back and forth you have with the creator, the less likely it is for like, that deal or that project to ever come to fruition. Yeah. So we wanted to minimize the friction there. Uh, and what we did was that form has everything we'll ever need from the creator. Name, email, phone number, uh, shipping address, uh, which brand they inquired to work with, uh, which category they have experience creating content in. So then that links back to our whole database and then we can just filter by. So you're basically like building profiles. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Your database. And then whenever you need someone, you just filter down and then you say, okay, we have like 10 creators. Uh, that guy, he, he already created content for us. He's doing good. He, we can pick that one. That's low-hanging hang, low fruit. We can also try that one. Exactly. Yeah, so it's like the the whole uh, building database thing. And yeah. uh,
2: how many creators do you have right now? Uh, 700. Makes sense. Yeah. And, like uh, 700 who are constantly working? No, no. no. On a consistent basis, like the top 20 percent work uh, with consistently. Yeah. um but the others are there like if we need them like you know if we need a mom with a newborn baby mm. uh, which is like very rare because we've to date we've only worked with one brand who creates uh, products for that kind of market so we have like maybe 20 of those in there um but like anyone we need we can find from there unless it's like very specific okay um about tiktok i wanted to touch not only the greatest but like
1: price point stuff i mean how important is the price point and at the same time, how important is demographics? Because I remember uh, last year, everybody was talking that still that a lot of audience is transferring to the TikTok, even the older one. And on that trend, we also hopped on with one brand who is mainly selling four to five plus, And we didn't find any success. I mean, there were like spotlights where, okay, maybe we will scale it, but it's not sustainable. So what's your point of view on still like about demographics and uh, about the price point? So for example... Is it possible to sell one hundred dollars plus AOV on top of the final acquisition for younger demos
0: or not? Supplements like I, I heard, like Space, because they were doing quite well on TikTok. Uh,
2: not on TikTok, but the creatives that we made them were more for Facebook. Um, the the biggest problem they've had uh, is like getting approved on TikTok for that kind of product. Uh, what about the price point then? like uh, well, how you see that on tiktok yeah i think a lot of people that sell tiktok services love to like use this little um thing about oh like 20 you know 20 percent 15 percent, etc of the audience is like older and like the older audience is growing but like in actuality when you when you sell products to the older audience on tiktok it's nowhere near the same success that you would see on facebook for example. Yeah. Yeah. so in my opinion like we've seen success with uh, really cheap products and like up to 200 hundred dollar aov We've only seen success with one brand that was up to 200 dollars aov which was jeans uh, it was jeans for women women that are into the gym uh who want jeans that are going to make their curves look good um and i think the only reason that brand really had because success, so demonstration product demonstration because we had so many transitions we could yeah. rely on if you have a model that is you know has the perfect physique that makes the jeans yeah. look so good and then they justify the price you know exactly. they justify the price because
1: They want to see the result that they are seeing in the exactly
0: yeah after all you have like uh you have desire and then justification then like uh justification part is pretty much like that mechanism that you know product demonstration exactly like uh where where you justify the whole thing for yourself and then you already have the desire to look good and to have like you know the uh overall like a good looking and whenever you're walking on the street so it's like already there right now it's like a matter of who you know which brand like will justify it better
2: yeah Definitely lower AOV is obviously more suited provided that you have good like back-end monetization as well. So in-cart upsells, checkout upsells, post-purchase upsells that are going to add you, you know, an additional yeah. 10, 15% on an average order is going to be massive, uh, which will allow you to continue to scale. And I think if you're, if you're a brand that's not in that category, I would say, I would say just focus primarily on Facebook because yeah. there's like so many of the brands that I see that try and hop onto TikTok they're trying to hop on the trend without like a good research before not only that but they haven't like they haven't exhausted Facebook for what it's actually worth like yeah also, this, also. like you can spend so much money on Facebook yeah as it can unreal. be like a uh, multi figures brand just exactly. like being on Facebook exactly like and I think that's that, I think that's the best route for most econ brands especially in the in like the attribution problems as well because if you know 100% of the paid traffic you're driving is coming from Facebook, which is obviously the most scalable channel. You might be doing some branded search, maybe some shopping as well, but that's like going to be minuscule spend compared to what you're spending top of funnel. Then your attribution problem becomes a lot less. As soon as you start to add five, six, seven different channels in, the attribution mm-hmm. becomes a mess. You don't know where to allocate your money, and you make so many bad decisions. Exactly, exactly. That's, that's the one
1: thing that, I mean... We also kind of face with the clients where for example we we scale, scale, scale. I will reach a couple of months when we kinda there's like a stagnation in the same place. And then they write you a Slack message, Maybe that's it from Facebook. Maybe we need to try a TikTok and I wa and I and I and I saying, What was it? And usually owners come up with I think that that's it. We are showing the same match, the same audience over and over again. It's like a good game well played. I mean, like it's massive. <laughs> it's the biggest lie. Yeah, and, and they and there is like a problem problem with the brand owners that they do not understand how big actually audience is. And if we talk only about the US, you know, without taking any other markets. So, I mean, only Facebook, I mean, there's so much, so many brands that scale to nine figures only Facebook by implementing multiple different funnels, advertorials, and mastering those. Yeah. But in terms of channel, I think you should find the best channel for their product and focus on it. Because as you said, attribution becomes a problem. Actually, in Triple Whale... Doesn't solve a shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when because we tried to uh, had a really really high spending with TikTok, Facebook, I, Google as well, and I, I remember on one account we had a Snapchat as well, and it's so many, it's overlapping. like Snapchat and TikTok became like overlapping constantly, and uh, it's really hard to make a decisions, you know. So I don't know, focus on one channel. And when you really reach, I mean, eight figures, then maybe you start implementing other channel or something I mean, like that. You reach
0: eight figures, then you start building the email list up. You kind of, just because Facebook is the best, probably the best platform for new customer acquisition. It's just like, you acquire new customers, you start building up the email list, you're starting building up the whole retention game. Uh, you know, maybe introducing new collections, if that's fashion, maybe introducing new products, if that's supplements you know, into your collection, then... Yeah,
2: or, like, or like expansion into different regions as well. Yeah, relocalization. Like, that's something that you can... You can still be just doing one channel. Yeah. But if you expand... If you're US-based and you expand into Europe and you can localize and set up everything properly, fast shipping, pro- good product size, uh, customer satisfaction, then you open up a whole new world of possibilities with still just one channel. Yeah, US, it's
0: uh, for US people. Uh, whenever you run brand in US and you you're, like, not in Europe yet... That's one of the lowest hanging cruises because like uh, all the trends are following. Yeah. So like, uh, let's say you, you want to sell in Germany, like all those German guys, they're like, okay, let's take the product from US, what already works, introduce <laughs> that to the Germany. Now we are like eight figure
2: brand. I think that's the easiest way to get into yeah. e-com right now, by the way. Yeah, these days. Because I know of this uh, this brand, uh, I spoke to the founder uh, recently. He's a German guy. And uh, you know Javi Coffee? Yeah. So he took the same concept of Javi Coffee. In Germany? and localized it, the product literally looks exactly the same. The, the label looks pretty much identical as well. It's just all the languages in German, all the ads are in German, and now they're doing like 500k a month.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's like you don't need to ring the wheel. It's like, uh, you know, just take the whole thing. Exactly. And then localize it. That makes sense. Um, you also mentioned that you are getting into direct response, into affiliates, into, you know, all the dark lord stuff, uh, <laughs> you know, getting... <laughs> Getting, getting like uh, web hacker yeah yeah they like to they, they like to call themselves web hackers yeah <laughs> well, web hackers <laughs> so uh, how you are stepping in what's your process like what's your you know goal stepping in of course and uh, overall where you are right now what you're currently exploring maybe you can share some a uh, goal I guess with the uh, listeners on that one
2: yeah so I think the the decision to do that actually came from like the fact that obviously now we're in technically an an economic downturn right so brands are a lot conscious of where they spend their money and moving towards performance-based pricing not just like percentage of revenue but also like cpa basis as well is a potentially very lucrative uh source of revenue because like as an agency if you move towards a cpa basis then you completely eliminate the need for like any client communication yeah no slack channel no weekly check-in call you just focus with your team. You spend your own money. You acquire the customers for the brand. You get paid on a CPA basis. That's what really kind of uh you know got me excited about it. And then I started consuming some content from. I don't know if you've seen a guy called Max finn Yeah, Max Wolfin. Uh, he runs on Twitter, TikTok. Yeah. Uh, he runs a TikTok mastermind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And his, his his agency's been around for years, like doing started out doing lead gen at crazy scale, then affiliate, yeah. yeah, then. I know him. I know him. Um, so I started consuming some content from him and he was like, you know, all the reasons that he presented were for agencies switching from the traditional retainer model to potentially a CPA basis, provided that you have the cash flow and cash reserves to do it, um, just made complete sense to me. So then I started to dive a little bit deeper and see like, you know, what like CPA basis within D to C like what is actually available. And like, you know, as far as I can see so far, the commissions look really good. Uh, they look fairly reasonable as well depending on the partners that you choose Um, and it's obviously a lot more scalable for yourself so that's what got me interested in affiliate and then obviously now we're we're but
1: you mean uh, do this like with the um, brands uh, brands uh, like brands page with like everything the same just by by CPA because usually affiliates when like usual affiliate marketing you do not get your brands page you do not get uh, like to kind of yeah, yeah, run ads traffic. under the brand's name. You kind of run as a still like a separate blog post or something like that. And this part is like really, really saturated because I've talked one of our clients is also like they, both of those co-founders are really have a big, big background of affiliates. And they actually, a couple of years ago, they started to do the brand by themselves because uh, it's such a saturated thing in e-commerce affiliates. And if you do not have your own ad network or email network or influence network, it's really hard to succeed just from doing good creatives and paid advertising. Yeah, yeah, because of the situations, yeah, yeah, solid offers
0: are just overcrowded. It's yeah. like yeah, you know, whenever you have the good one, it's like it's gonna. I mean,
1: I, I see those people who really I see that who are really uh, like for a long time they're already in the game of affiliates. They have 200, 300, 500 k email lists for different niches. You know where you just can uh, send it without any, like in mainly US, no GDPR, or nothing. So you can send any brand to those email lists, you know, and then they um, do good money. At the same time, ad networks. There's like a lot of different ad networks that, so for, uh, they're like a whichads.com, I, kn- I know that they do really great. You can basically um, sign up in their platform and uh, yeah, select, the, my select the publishers that you want to be in, you know, it's like a push ads. Mm but it's quite difficult i mean mean, that's the thing with the phillies that i like the most
0: is that like uh they are like e-commerce is complex. Affiliate is more complex than e-com, in my yeah. opinion. So they they are reinventing the wheel. So they they step up, they are way better at marketing than e-com guys. So that's true. They are like uh, you know, like whenever you face problems overall, it's just like you are getting better. Yeah. So it's like they already been for quite some time. They already faced that downturn they had like in like I don't know, like two probably fifteen, something like that. That was a downturn now they're getting back so they already had that circle of you know uh of scaling up going down right now they are getting back so it's like um they're for for longer in the market they are more into like knowledge and you know getting um shortcuts and you know understanding marketing so that's what i like the most that's why you know like we're going to affiliate world and all those that's why
2: whenever you see an affiliate launch their own brand it's go faster than anyone else because they're yeah. so much better. At everything.
0: Even those guys, like we work. Uh, you mentioned uh, our clients, like they, they were in the affiliate stuff. They switched. They become like two million a month brand in like what, like a few months?
1: Yeah, not a few months, but within a year. <laughs> but yeah, within a year, they reached two or three million a month, which is pretty huge. The thing is, but they were doing all, and I, I noticed one thing that uh, affiliates that were doing their own brands before is they were too dependent on Facebook and after iOS update they all of them crashed all of them crashed i mean they crashed a lot around but same for ecom just because
0: like at that time you you were like uh, okay Fi- uh, pixel mm. will save me up right now yeah,
1: you but don't you have- know like affiliates they tend to avoid building that brand image they are very conversion driven they don't care like they yeah. run different many uh, scammy advertorials and they are just all about conversion mm. for example for us when we had the brands that post iOS update was not a really, really huge thing because uh, usually we still work on the brand side. We are really good at email Great marketing, with. you know, by building the community. Uh, so that, IOS really like, didn't affect it like uh, dramatically. We even had really, really good months straight after IOS, you know. Uh, but yeah, affiliates, they tend to do not care about the brand. and They just push the yeah. limits uh, about very like... Yeah, I mean, if you are if like, uh, probably if you're an e-com guy,
0: you, you get some stuff from affiliate and then you are in the meet in the middle that's the perfect world
2: 100 percent I agree because what like you, you need still like some element of like the brand thing, although like in like even the big guys that I speak to that do like you know 50 100 million a year in e-commerce, they'll tell you like. You don't have a brand until you've done like 50 mil a Z. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, that's like, um, that's the thing. Like a
0: lot of those guys, they miss that. And then they, they kind of like do like, I don't know, like let's say three, five, five mil a year. And then they're like, okay, let's be selective. Let's be, you know, like uh, overall, um, you know, like selective on what kind of messaging or what kind of like creator critter we are working with and all that. I'm like, dude, like you were doing like, well, like three mil. And you have a luxury of being creative and then you are like, you're not using it. So, so yeah, I mean, just take that luxury of, you know, like being creative, being flexible, uh, be like that all the way to like probably 20, 30 mil at a time. You would probably need to think about, you know, stepping into a brand image and all that. And, um, and it's, you know, never late. I mean, like a lot of people, they, they, they thought that like um whenever you run let's say offer whenever you run some kind of like discount or whatever uh people will remember and it's not true i mean like they they forget the the moment they see the the actual discount it's so it's like uh, you run the discount we had brands that are running discount for like 2 years 3 years and then they're nailing it so it's just yeah you just run it people won't won't remember and then you'll always come back to like you know being being the brand exactly. you can always switch like you know Big brands like represent. They they start from scratch. They they. I mean, no one remembers like what they were doing like three years ago. Yeah. They might be like you know the shitty quality, you know, shitty ship- shipping times and customer support. Now they are back. Now they are you know they have strong community and no one gives a shit about like what, what happened yeah. like three years ago. Yeah, it's true. I had
1: experience with a couple of clients where they say, "I want to be an apple of this niche," (laughs) and uh, and (laughs) that's why. And that's why we're not discounting any products unless it's Black Friday. And on Black Friday, the maximum we can do is fifteen percent off. And I was, I was, yeah. And but they did not understand that to be an apple is a way different topic. I mean, and they just like like to very. I don't know, glamorize the whole picture. Yeah, of, I want to right. be an Apple, but I have 50k in my pocket. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they do not understand their target audience. They do not understand yeah. the concept that DTC works. Yeah, like we discussed angles. Yeah,
0: I mean all all of those guys. Like uh, you have to start from scratch. You have to come up with your angles yourself. Business owners are just like being there with the product, and you know.
2: Yeah, that's their that's their thing. That's yeah. what Apple, I get. Apple is a category inventor. Like they created yeah, something exactly. that didn't exist, so they have yeah. the luxury of that. If you're just selling the 56th skincare brand that has honey in it, then you're not you're never going to have like uh, it just doesn't yeah, make sense. For sure. Um yeah, so affiliate, uh, we
0: discovered a bit of TikTok, a bit of Creative. and to finish up, maybe you can uh give us some last words on like overall where where you see e-com going, uh where you'll be focusing for 2023? and uh where will people find you at, at the end of the year well you know like are you going to be in affiliate are you going to be in like agency game like what's your plan
2: yeah so i think like the first thing you asked was like where e-com is going i think it's uh it's going to be a lot more ruthless and it already is to be fair like the people who are not conversion focused are not performance focused they're going to get swallowed very quickly um, I think for new people who are starting in e commerce the biggest, the biggest opportunity is, like, in, number one, localization. Number two, finding already performing products and finding new customers to sell them to with new angles. Um, and just that alone can get you to, you know, three to five million a year very, very quickly. Um, so, like, it'll be interesting to see because, like, you see on Twitter a lot of these, uh, like, VC-backed brands and these kind of things who, like, never turned a dollar of profit since they've started but they raised like insane amounts of money every few years or every few months. Like they're like finished. Like you can do that product so much better than them just by having a little bit of know-how and they're like obsessed with like the aesthetics of being a business which is like an office and people and like endorsements and all this nonsense that doesn't matter. Um, So I feel like e-commerce is going to move away from that kind of model and more back to like the performance driven, uh, you know, people who actually understand Funnels and marketing and offers and and you know really know how to create an edge there and win there. Um, in terms of like what I'm personally focusing on now, definitely going to explore like a a CPA basis pricing model for the agency for sure. But the biggest focus for us right now is to to retain the agency as it is um, and still you know acquire a few clients here and there, good ones that you know we definitely see potential in and uh, launch our own brands. So. By the end of the year, uh, we've already got one that's like basically about to launch. Um, uh, when I say brands, I really mean like offers. I don't mean like, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So so you mean like you, it can be like indoor products, it can be like, uh, I don't know, like physical products. it can yeah. be like CPA. Exactly, yeah. So by the end of the year, we want to have maybe two or three of those um, that we've, you know, put a lot of work into. Uh, and then potentially, who knows, maybe next year we transition completely away from an agency model. The goal for us with AdTalk was actually always that. like We wanted to use AdTalk as an agency to acquire staff with skills and expertise that we could then use to launch our own stuff. Acquire data. Exactly. Same here for us.
1: But where we are kind of stuck right now is that we have so much data, we start to overthink where it's starting in. Because usually if, if you meet any type of brand owner who scale, for example, to seven figures brand, you will hear that, oh, well, I started dropshipping. I found this. I, I I watched a couple of courses, and without thinking, I found a problem solution. Yeah, I All launched. Yeah, I launched, launched it. Too. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing 10 million a year. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, yes. we've seen so many cases, you know, like different cases in different niches. And when we try to brainstorm about what we need to launch, we start, okay, maybe let's do a menstrual pain niche. But, fuck, we had so many... D- Hard scenarios on that and <laughs> down, down. That one, the supply chain. Yeah. That okay. one is the. Ad. Okay, let's let's keep it. Let's maybe do clothing. Clothing, mm. we haven't succeeded with any clothing. Bra- oh, we succeeded with one, but it's really competitive. It takes time. Nice. Nah. So let's go to the. Chain. Let's yeah. go to the different niche.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the game. I mean, you, you, it's like a kid. You take the kid, and you know, you can technically, he can technically pass the wall. I mean, he doesn't have any data about it. Uh, and then uh, when you take like you know a teen, you'll have uh, way more data and then you'll be way more yeah. uh
1: so conscious about so it. we think we'll just stop overthinking. thinking we'll uh, as you said we'll take most probably pl- problem solvers and try to localize them actually we wanted to do launch something in US but we figured that the Europe is so big we can take those markets you know and and basically maximize it what's working in US and yeah it's going green. to be big for sure no yeah yeah uh, but it's different, you know, it's different than running an agency and going to the internal brands. It's way different because uh, the whole product development, fulfillment side, supply chain is re- really exhausting. You can like outsource it 100%, but the most difficult part is if you outsource it 100%, your margins will be getting lower because it means that you will pay for ser- service providing, uh, providers like in, in any place. And yeah, so that's difficult, but uh, that's really interesting. It's interesting in terms of, because I think developing your own brands, it's even bigger level, you know, than being a, an agency. Agency is cool. You, you you can see a lot of different scenarios. You can collect a lot of data. It's lifestyle business. You just
0: yeah.
2: gotta live a good life. When you, want the, when you want the big exit multiple, you're not gonna get it from an agency. You're
0: gonna oh, yeah, yeah. Brand. Yeah, like all those guys that I speak to uh, that want to stay in the agency game, they typically don't aim, don't aim to be like 100 mil uh, company. They, they're like, okay, let's build up, you know, 5 mil cash flow Cash flow, business, cash flow business, yeah. Right?
1: I mean, that that kind unless of stuff. Unless they build themselves something internally that is tangible. So yeah, a lot of those guys, they build some high tools like tasks, you know th-
0: those kind of uh, things. But yeah, it makes sense. Like, well, like we have a 12 PM, so we got to go to a fleet world, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So awesome. It was a pleasure was a pleasure good good one um and uh yeah let's meet at the end of the year and see where you are oh well, are thank you guys for having me man appreciate it no problem yeah likewise thanks thanks guys for watching us and uh see you on the other episodes <laughs> <laughs> okay bye see ya